Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. We all know, from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts, that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. Westholm, which is based in Queensland and the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about flaxseed. Yes. <laughs> and this is in part inspired by a mystery find in my cupboard. Okay. Because I was cleaning it out, and in the very back, I found a huge bag, like 32 ounces, of whole flax seeds. I have okay. no recollection buying them. And you don't, you don't like, keep food around. No, and that's why I was searching through my cupboard is because my friends always complain, you don't have any snacks. And I very angrily and wrongfully was like, yes, I do. And I was searching. And, and so you pulled out this heckin' 32-ounce bag of flaxseed, and you were like, see? <laughs> right? <laughs> 32 whole ounces. Whole uh, flaxseeds. <laughs> I don't know what more you want. But then... As you can imagine, they weren't convinced. They weren't very happy about this. Sure. So I took to Google and was like, well, how can we cook these? What snack can we make? Mm -hmm. And Google basically returned, it's complicated. Ah. Which is not what you want late at night. snack suggestion. No. No. And so this is partly a selfish episode. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what to do with black seeds. But also I feel like they get swept up in a lot of New Year's resolutions. Health. Food trends. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And um, for this particular episode, I feel like in some episodes, 
we're we're on a zoo show or a weird biological show. Absolutely, yeah. This one feels like a strange fashion episode. It does, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm sort of wishing that we had like hooked up with the ladies from Dressed yeah. and done a co-flax episode. Reasons for which, if you are unaware of them, we will get to in just a moment. I was unaware of them. I was too. Um, but this brings us to our question. Flax seeds. What are they? Well, flaxseed is the seed of an annual flowering, herbaceous, uh, meaning like soft and not woody, plant by the botanical name of Linum hmm, usitacimum. Sure. Yeah. Um, the plants grow uh, about two or three feet tall up to about a meter and bear multiple stems that grow these uh, pretty, uh, usually blue flowers. And when pollinated, the flower will develop into a seed capsule called a bowl. Uh, containing B-O-L-L, bowl, right. uh, containing four to ten, like, wee, glossy brown seeds. And the seeds contain a lot of mucilage, uh, this expansive, water-activated, like, viscous, slimy, sticky stuff that would help protect the seeds and let them sprout in dry conditions. Um, and also a lot of oils, like 40% oil by weight. Yes. Mm-hmm. The seeds can be used whole, uh, usually toasted, to add, like, a nutty flavor and a crunchy texture and a nutritive punch to dishes and baked goods. Um, if it's a moist dish, that mucilage will add some thickness or, or uh, cohesion, like like when you cook with okra, sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or instead of whole seeds, you can grind them into a flour for a similar effect. Uh, you can, for, for all of those uh, vegans and vegetarians out there, you can totally sub out an egg in recipes for um, a tablespoon of flax flour plus three tablespoons of water. Okay. And it works surprisingly well. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, or or um, if you don't want to use the whole seeds or the flour, you can just use the oils or, or you can just use a, a gum made from the mucilage and dry it out into like a white powder kind of situation, which is really good for stabilizing emulsions like in a like in a salad dressing or for preventing baked goods from going stale so quickly, though it's more of a commercial production ingredient than like a home ingredient most of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not too many snack ideas so far. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could bake them into granola or muffins. But I would have to have those. Yes, you would have to have those other things. (laughs) Maybe my friends have a point. You could totally just like toast like a like a spoonful and just eat them. I I could again, not really like the most delicious. I can imagine the look on my friends (laughs) if you just hold up a spoonful. (laughs) They might stop being my friends at that point, and they might be right. She offered us a spoonful of flax seeds. It's for their health. It is. Ab- mm-hmm. Absent, maybe. No. Absent, <laughs> no. No. Um, <laughs> flax seeds are sometimes also called linseed uh, when the seeds or their pressed oils um, or the meal left over after you press out the oils are going to animal feed or industrial use. Um, and, yeah, that species name that I uh, pronounced so readily and yes. well – um, it means uh, very useful in Latin because linseed oil is a great wood finish and paint component because it dries rapidly and helps uh, waterproof surfaces. Um, but it is used all over the place in linoleum, oilcloth, raincoats, tarps, in the manufacture of soaps and particle board, in printer ink um, to preserve and protect concrete. But we do not just use the seeds. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, the stems of the plant contain these fibers that are uh, long and, and soft but tough, and it's what's used to make linen. Uh-huh. 
Um, and the fibers are, yeah, they're great for both fabrics and paper. They've got a little bit of a sheen to them. They're stronger than cotton or rayon or wool. And they are used in everything from clothes to canvas to currency to cigarette paper. Yeah. I feel like in a lot of uh, articles I read, they referenced this old SNL skit that was about some product. And it was they, they were arguing about it's floor cleaner. No, it's dessert because it could be used for both. <laughs> and yeah. Huh. Yeah, flax is all over the place. Wacky. I don't remember that sketch, but I love it. I had never seen it, but I enjoyed it. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Uh, The etymology of flax is argued, as many etymologies are, but, uh, but, but... in any case, seems to come from the use of the plant's fibers, either from the Proto-Indo-European root uh, plek, meaning to braid, or from plike, meaning to flay, as in to strip the fibers to, to prep them for weaving. Probably not anything darker than okay. that. Okay. I'm not, I mean, you know, ask the Proto-Indo-Europeans. <laughs> I stayed up very late playing a horror video game, so my mind <laughs> already <laughs> like, no, 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 <laughs> not flay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the the flax is a is a really hardy plant, and it does well in temperate and subtropical conditions, and can be grown from seed to harvest in like three months. Wow! Yeah, a lot of different varieties have been developed in response to uh, differing growing conditions and pests or diseases, and for um, optimal seeds versus optimal fibers. Yes, makes sense. And let's talk about that nutrition. <sighs> okay, uh-huh. so um. The seeds do contain a bunch of omega-3 fatty acids, a.k.a. good fats, um, the same reason that nutritionists are like, hey, you should eat some fish. Um, but Because yeah, these can help your body lower your bad cholesterol levels and thus protect against various diseases, especially uh, cardiovascular-related conditions. By the way, if you've ever seen uh, high-omega eggs in the store, chances are that they're high-omega because the chickens are being fed. Flaxseed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they're also high in protein and fiber, got a good smattering of vitamins and minerals, and all kinds of research is being done into the potential benefits of flaxseed. Um, some of the compounds it contains seem to have anti-inflammatory effects, antioxidant effects, anti-cancer effects, anti-depression effects, anti-diabetic effects, antimicrobial effects. They may help prevent blood clots and irregular heart rhythms. All kinds of things. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. I mean, and like partially because it's just been an important fiber and food crop for like a long time. Um, the list of things that flax has been considered as a folk remedy for honestly reads like a comedy routine. From Purdue University and in alphabetical order, uh, quote, Linum finds its way into folk remedies for boils, bronchitis, burns, cancer, Carbuncles, cold, conjectivitis, corns, coughs, diarrhea, gonorrhea, gout, inflammation, intoxication, labor, rheumatism, scald, sclerosis, sores, spasms, swellings, tumor, warts, and whitlows. Whitlows? I have no idea what that is, and I didn't look it up. That's That does sound like SNL could do a <laughs> skill on that. Oh, uh, but yeah, uh, in general, bodies are complicated. More research is needed. Talk with a medical professional uh, before incorporating medicinal amounts of anything into your diet or routine. Eat what you like if you if you enjoy flaxseed. Uh, put it in stuff. Or if you find a mysterious 32-ounce bag <laughs> and you're frugal and you don't want to get rid of it. <laughs> Look up some recipes. Have fun. Be adventurous. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, w- watch out because it can have a, um, a laxative effect from <laughs> all of that. <laughs> my friends. Oh, my God. <laughs> All, all of that mucilage in it can have sure. a laxative effect. So just, you know. <laughs> Proceed with caution. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> this night could have turned out so much worse. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad y'all kept it together. We did. They were not eager to try the flaxseed. Is all I'm saying. I mean, you can really just order pizza like at a very late hour. It's true. I or, believe that's what we did. Or bad Chinese, anyway. <laughs> yeah, there there are a couple of options. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> We do have some numbers. We do. Um, there are about 200 cultivated species of flax, and uh, Russia is the top producer, accounting for nearly a quarter of the market, but Canada exports the most. Um, also, lots produced in India and China. As of 2016, nearly 3 million tons were being produced worldwide every year, and the export market was worth nearly a billion dollars a year. Ooh. Wow. Mm-hmm. Though it was once a popular crop all over the eastern United States, over 90% of the flax production in the U.S. nowadays takes place in North Dakota. Uh-huh. Yeah, more on that in a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Minnesota is also a big player. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. In recent years, coinciding with an increased focus on health, flax seeds have become more mainstream as a health food. Ground flax seed can go into all kinds of things. Smoothies, sandwiches, yogurt, in baked goods, salads, cereals, soups, pretty much Anything you want to put flax seeds in or on, you could, I guess. I mean, no one's stopping you. Right. That's not necessarily a good idea. Not necessarily. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, they're, they're, they're nice. They add like a little bit of nutty flavor. If you're looking for that viscosity, then that's a thing. Yeah. Most of my Google search returned, you should grind them up. And I don't want to do that. For reasons I <laughs> easily guessable, I am lazy. Um, but I have had them before, and I like them. I just got to find how to use that many. I just need to get you a little coffee grinder or something. That That's can... another thing my friends don't like about me, <laughs> is that I don't have good coffee. And oh. they were discussing how they were going to buy me a coffee maker because they couldn't stand the coffee I drink. Oh. If well, you want to buy it, that's fine with me. <laughs> This is the way I get a free coffee uh, maker. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but I okay now I do have to tell you that if they do buy you a coffee maker and like a coffee grinder, do not grind things other than coffee in your coffee grinder <laughs> because you'll get like mucilage in your coffee and like you don't mm-hmm. you probably don't want that. No, I I love that you know me so well that I would attempt <laughs> such a foolish endeavor. I absolutely would. <laughs> Separate your coffee grinders from your other stuff grinders. Noted. Noted. Okay. Anyway, flaxseed. Yes. Uh, we, we do have some history for you because uh, the medicinal use of this stuff goes back a very, very, very long time. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, as that wacky list perhaps yes. let you know. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is is really top of the list. 
even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, Westholm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. <laughs> yes, I did too. <laughs> Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot -E com slash savor. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Flax has been kicking around a while, mm -hmm. at least since 8,000 BCE, Ooh. and was one of the first crops domesticated by humans, originally primarily for their seeds. In the eight founder crop archaeological theory, this is a popular theory that eight crops were the foundation of agriculture on our planet. Flax or linseed is the source of the oil and fiber 
of those eight crops. Wow, yeah. Yeah. The plant probably originated in the Mediterranean or in what is now present-day Georgia, the country, obviously, perhaps. Remnants dating back to the Stone Age were found in Switzerland. There is a surprising amount of research into this ongoing. Oh, yeah. Yes, including a 2019 study that suggested for almost 5,700 years, our ancestors have had and used technology to make linen from the flax plant. The researchers found evidence of flax production, including spindles and finished products like nets, shoes, and hats in a late Neolithic village in Central Europe. The study authors described the end of the Neolithic as, quote, flax boom. Huh. Flax boom. Flax boom. Sure. I'm sure it was exciting. Yeah. Flax oil production remained important and happened in tandem with linen production. Whole craft settlements devoted themselves to making things with linen. Oh, yeah. I mean, aside from wool. Yeah. Like, wool and linen were, like, the two fabrics. Yeah. For pretty much ever. This reminds me of a video game. Like, you would go and visit this <laughs> this place and get your, your armor needs, your clothing needs. Yeah. I think Settlers of Catan is really missing out on some kind of flax-related square. They are. Who can get in touch with? <laughs> if anyone's listening who has any influencer <laughs> sway, let them know. Flaxy needs to be involved. Uh-huh. Archaeologists found flax fibers in a cave in Georgia that are over 30,000 years old. Ooh. An examination of the pollen from the caves in that area revealed much of the pollen contained flax fibers. Flax was growing in the wild at the time. The fibers appeared to have been braided and in some cases dyed, though probably not for clothing. Elizabeth Barber, author of Prehistoric Textiles, the development of cloth in the Neolithic and Bronze Ages with special reference to the Aegean, said of this discovery, quote, I mean, talk about the proverbial needle in a haystack. Trying to find fibers that are 30,000 years old really is almost impossible. Oh, yeah. True enough, yeah. She hypothesizes that the invention of string helped our ancestors survive the Ice Age, providing a way for people to tie packages together and carry more and catch huh. more game with snares and nets, which would be super important in the Ice Age. It's, always. Well, always, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ancient Egyptians used flax fiber to make linens, cloths, fishnets, and for wrapping mummies. They also ate the seeds and prescribed them for all kinds of elements, primarily Yes, as a laxative. Some anointed themselves with the oil before leaving the house, and custom called for guests to be anointed with oil by servants. Women might have used it to style their hair and perhaps utilized it as sort of a sunscreen insect repellent combo. Okay. Yeah. See, we're still talking about food, kind of. <laughs> sort, sort, sort of. It's, yeah, fascinating. Uh-huh. Hippocrates recommended flax for digestive problems and mucous membrane inflammation. Dioscorides, too, prescribe flax seeds for internal or external inflammation. Some accounts posit that the Assyrians in Mesopotamia used it for coughs, bladder and vaginal and rectal health, and as an aphrodisiac. Oh. Yeah, you knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> flax was mentioned in Homer's Odyssey and the Bible several times. One example, when God sent a plague of hail, the, quote, flax and the barley were smitten. Oh, no. Yes. Rabbis argued that the story of Cain and Abel, in that story, Cain bought flaxseed as his offering and Abel bought lambs. And this is why wool and flax are not to be mixed. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pliny observed that ground linseed was mixed with porridge among the peasants of northern Italy. And Galen described peasants eating roasted linseeds with honey. 
Historians believe that the Phoenicians introduced flax to Ireland very early on, where it was readily adopted to make linen. It went on to become a huge agricultural important thing in that country. There's a whole, like, oh, my God, 70-page paper about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was big. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, Flaxseed oil was also mentioned in Ayurvedic texts going back to at least 1000 BCE, especially as a topical treatment. To extract oil in ancient times, folks roasted the seeds in an oven, ground them up with a millstone to make flour, and mixed them with water to make dough. This dough was put in baskets that were stacked under these big, hefty wooden beams that were tightened down on the baskets with a wooden screw. And they remained under pressure for over a day, during which the oil drained out. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. The oil was used for lamps, cooking as an insect repellent for water buffalo, specifically. Okay. <laughs> Many early colonists to North America planted plots of flax, mostly to use the fiber to make linens. During the 1800s, as settlers moved west, they bought flax with them. In many cases, it was among one of the first crops they planted. Bundles of raw flax were sometimes exchanged for goods, and the seeds were baked into breads or mixed with cereals or given to livestock. The seeds were also viewed as valuable and used for trade. So they're kind of doing the similar thing that we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And here's how they went about harvesting flax back then. When the flax was ready, women and children would pull it out, roots and all, and bundle them together for drying. Okay. Then the seeds were removed by pulling the flax through what was known as a hetchel, which was a wooden board with spikes nailed to it. Okay. Speaking of a horror game, (laughs) uh, this was usually done by men. Once that was done, then came the retting. People went about this in different ways. In England, they soaked bundles in bodies of water. But in North America, people preferred to just spread them out on the ground and let the dew do the work. Then the wooden husks were broken to reveal the inner fibers either with wooden planks or paddles. Beating the flax was often a social affair for all ages. Oh, sure. sure. The inner fibers were hetchled again, and this was typically done by women, hmm. to remove the debris and separate short fibers destined for coarse cloth and the more desired long fibers. Women did the spinning too, and this process was an all-day affair, labor-intensive, Having a flax wheel during the 1700s was an indicator of domesticity. And women who spun flax were called spinsters. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to talk about this. (laughs) Women (laughs) soon took over the weaving as well, an occupation that had previously been dominated by men. In pre-revolutionary America, making your own clothes was seen as almost patriotic, a way to not rely on imports. And linen went on to become vital in the clothing for revolutionary soldiers. Linens were so commonly used as garments during the uh, during the day that around the 1650s, the phrase linen lifter uh, was slang for a uh, adulterous man. <gasps> oh! <laughs> linen lifter. Linen lifter. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Commercial production of flax really got started in the 1750s, but production declined when the cotton gin was introduced in 1793. Oh, yeah. The cotton gin really screwed up the flax industry in the United States. Like before the gin, yeah, your cloth fibers were linen or wool, and -hmm. that's what they were. Um, uh, Cotton was very expensive. Um, But the gin opened up cotton as a fiber that way more people could afford. We, Lauren and I, when we were in our Dothan, Alabama peanut trip, Mm-hmm. We got to pick some cotton, and I keep forgetting I have it in my <laughs> go, in my like, coat pocket, my rain oh, jacket. Uh-huh. And it's like a wonderful little surprise every time. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, and it still has like the little pointy thorns in it, but it doesn't hurt. 
It's just how I usually notice it. Oh, okay. Because you, right. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. right. Future episode, peanut episode. <laughs> During the 19th century, Russia produced the most linen from flax, followed by France and Holland. In 1811, an organization was formed in Ulster, Ireland. This is from that paper I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Quote, for the improvement of the growth of flax. This was around the same time that thread machinery was modernizing the making of linen. In 1850, the organization congratulated members in a report reading, quote, Although it has had many difficulties to surmount and many prejudices to contend with, it's been productive of much good. That quote was really, really long, and I really enjoyed all of it. <laughs> but, that's, but that's the heart of it. Right, right, yeah. right, right. This was from the Report of the Flax and Hemp Commission appointed under Act of Congress February 25th, 1963 by United States Congress Flax and Hemp Commission, United States Department of Agriculture, <laughs> which I read and it was very, yes, it was very, very dry, very thorough, interesting, very dry. Oof. Anyway, it also <laughs> contains a tale of a man from Holland who invented a way to spend superior flax in the 1800s. But despite many offers, he would not sell this idea, believing people would cheat him out of profits. Probably true. Uh, his flax was even displayed at the 1852 London World's Fair, where it won a medal. But then, flax cotton hybrid came along, and nobody really wanted it anymore. Oh. Yeah. 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 Well. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that aren't food, uh, in 1864, production began on a new household product, linoleum. Uh, lin, meaning linseed, and oleum, meaning oil. Linseed oil. Makes yeah. sense. Uh, one, Frederick Watson invented it. Uh, it's cotton canvas pressed with a cork dust, oxidized linseed oil, and whatever coloring you'd like. These days, other stuff might be added in, but that's, that's the basics. Um, and yeah, waterproof. Easy to clean, doesn't show wear. Um, it's considered the first product name to become a generic term for that oh. product. And it did so in under two decades, Whoa. like before social media. <laughs> <laughs> Linoleum quickly became one of the most widely used floor coverings in the world. Wow. That's impressive. It is. Mm-hmm. Beginning in the 1890s, Professor H.L. Bali started researching flax in North Dakota, specifically focusing on flax wilt. Hmm. He set aside a research plot in Fargo in 1890, plot 30. Okay. In 1908, he released the first wilt-resistant seed flax, and that plot is still used for research to this day, and that's part of why North Dakota is one of the biggest producers in the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. U.S. commercial flax production nearly disappeared, though, after the 1940s. On the individual level, some still grew it primarily to make their own linen. Yeah, and uh, that, that's because you've got the cotton gin wearing away the need for flax, uh, flax fibers. And also um, the, the use of linseed oil was vastly decreased by the development of the petroleum industry and its inexpensive byproducts uh, like, uh, like vinyl in the case of linoleum. Right. But it didn't go away completely in the 1950s, or eating it didn't. A German mm-hmm. biochemist named Dr. Johanna Budwig espoused eating a mixture of cottage cheese, low-fat milk, and flaxseed oil as a cancer preventative and treatment. Hmm. She believed that the oil made the omega-3 fatty acids easier for our bodies to access. The Budwig diet cuts out sugar, refined and hydrogenated oils, most other dairy products, tea, coffee, refined grains, and cereals, shellfish, pork, and cold meats. She also recommended sunbathing and time outdoors. While this diet is still around to this day, there is no scientific evidence that it works. Huh. Yes. 
Uh, and yeah, with all that interest in uh, good fats uh, since the 1990s or so, and in fabrics made from natural fibers, mm-hmm. uh, the production of flax in the U.S. is increasing again, slowly. Like yes. it's a lot down from where it was once. It, but, it, yeah. But uh, but on the, ups, on the upswing. Yeah. A lot of things I read about why it associated it with the Mediterranean diet, the popularity of the Mediterranean diet. Sure. Mm-hmm. And just in general... As we spoke about before on the show, kind of towards the end of the 90s, the beginning of 2000s, health, like a more focus on health. Uh, yeah, and on the idea that fats aren't always right. poison. Yes. Um, because somehow we started defeating the sugar industry just a little bit by little bit. Slow but steady. That is interesting because the 50s is when the sugar industry was like, fats nah. are the worst. Exactly. <laughs> no more fats ever. <laughs> Sugar is oh, healthy. Sugar all the time. <laughs> yeah, anyway. see, see our early sugar episodes about that, or I don't know. I guess just anytime you, mm-hmm. you want to hear us rant about it, we probably talk about that. And I'd say like a quarter of our episodes. Uh, yeah, it comes, it comes up. up a lot. They had a lot of influence. They did. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those, and we're not being like conspiracy theorists right now. This is like a conspiracy fact. Yeah, <laughs> like you this. should listen to our if you haven't the Miracle Berry episode oh, oh yeah my gosh. there's like car chases Ooh. and breaks it breaking in gosh yeah but <laughs> that brings us to the end of this episode it does uh we still do have a little bit more for you but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. (laughs) I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Hall. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) 
Westholm offers these beautifully marbled stakes because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener mail. To your health. Uh-huh. To your health. Benny wrote, just listen to the Noble Bayleaf episode. Your part about people finding them and their Chipotle dishes really took me back. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am in the Army and now a huge fan of cooking. When I first joined and was in basic training, we often got food bought to us in the field from the dining facility to allow us to continue training. I always thought I was very unlucky that leaves kept getting uh-huh. <laughs> into my food. It was not until I really started cooking that I realized bay leaves were a thing and instantly felt silly. Aww. You don't know. You don't sure. Know. You're like, what's this leaf doing here? Mm-hmm. It looks like a leaf. I love how much there's like some people believe it's good luck. Some people believe it's bad luck. I always thought it was just pretty cool. Well, if you, if you don't know that it's there for a food purpose, then that's bad luck kind of clearly. <laughs> how did this leaf get in my yeah. food? Is someone trying to curse me? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Carolyn wrote, A few years back, I was dating a guy who was in the Marine Corps. He delighted in educating me on military life, such as having me watch documentaries on combat, boot camp, and the like. Another part of this was convincing me to try an MRE. One day, while grocery shopping at the commissary, we picked out one for me to try, a preferred meal flavor, according to him. 
Hilarity ensued as he suggested I consume the MRE while broadcasting it to Facebook Live for the amusement of his other Marine buddies. I settled down on the patio and had at it, with him filming and narrating the experience. Unfortunately, or fortunately perhaps, we split up, so the footage is lost in the Facebook ether. My take, uh... They're fine, I suppose, but I wouldn't want to eat it every day. The snacks were okay. The entree, chili, I think, was decent but salty, as one would expect from any canned foods. The heater didn't make the food super hot, more like lukewarm, but was cool to try using. But it was fun for sure and gave me an appreciation for part of what service people deal with. Side note, if you can believe it, there are entire message boards where vets discuss the various menu selection based on taste, rarity, etc., Also, not sure if this bit was ever discussed, but I just recalled a pineapple story as well. I used to work for a group home and prepared jello for everyone one evening. A few hours after, I went to take it out and liquid spilled everywhere from the cups. It was still watery. I had put in chopped fresh fruit, including pineapple. Imagine my frustration after calling my mom for advice. It turns out there's an enzyme in pineapple that breaks down gelatin. Canning and freezing eliminates it, but using fresh will result in jello-flavored soup. Live and learn. At least we lived. That's one of my favorite Seinfeld quotes. That's not mine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we have two MREs waiting for us to try sitting at my desk. Oh, we should. We should do. We haven't done a social post like that recently. We should totally get on that Facebook. Maybe not live, but you know. Yeah. (laughs) Post a little video. Yeah, I'm. The flavors are very interesting. I, I think they're good. Yeah? They're like the good ones. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think the listener that sent them wouldn't Wanted send us to yeah. have. The best experience possible. Sure. Which we appreciate. It's very kind. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 We also have some wasabi Oreos, I think. Oh, we still haven't eaten those. Okay. All right. Cool. Yes. We're on this. We will get it done. Yeah. <laughs> New Year's resolution. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, thanks to both of them for writing. If you'd like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on the aforementioned social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Uh, Saver is a production of iHeartRadio and Stuff Media. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. 
That's right. 159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.